Hello, everybody. I'm Matt. And I'm Maggie. And we are... Hopefully awesome. That's right. A positive place on the internet where we nerd out about all the geeky things we love. And today's geeky things include the following. Uh, we got, of course, our box office. We got some DCU updates, uh, which may include some uh, some some gossip, Maggie. Gossip. Yeah. I like to yeah. gossip. Went back and forth on if we're going to talk about the gossip or not, but yeah. so we'll talk about it. Uh, we also got some updates on Daredevil in the MCU and some new shows being brought back from Disney in the afternoon in the 1990s. What? Yeah. Uh, as live action, maybe involving some statues that come to life at night. But no! we'll talk about that here in a minute because this is the Hopefully Awesome Show, our weekly podcast for Maggie and I chit-chat about all the nerdy news that you need to know about. And I think there's something else that I usually say, but Patreon. remember, if you'd like to support the channel, you can head over to patreon.com slash hopefully awesome uh, to throw down your membership over there. Or you can join as a member right here on youtube.com slash hopefully awesome and get access to these sweet emojis like Jerry like Anna's got in the chat. Jerry Anna. Is our uh, our advertiser? Yes, down there. You know, she's she's, she's the pusher. Great, yeah, she's a little pusher. Yeah, at least she's. Um, <laughs> she'll like that. Uh, and yes, for the first time in weeks, Lucy is with us. That's right, everybody. Welcome back, Lucy. I think she's she missed me from my very long work day. Yeah, Maggie had a long work day, and uh, uh, I've decided to go with iced coffee in a mason jar. Now, a mason jar. Nothing to do with with the Masons, right? I don't think you know what I'm so. talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't Illuminati think so. and shit. No. Like this doesn't mean I'm a part of like the lizard gang, right? No, does he? Does it say Mason on it? Mason. Oh, okay, no. I once knew this little brat named Mason. <laughs> All right. Hey Maggie. I well, think well, a lot we... of people know. <laughs> A little brat named Mason. <laughs> While we move into, into the first story, what do you say? Sure. Well, wait, before oh, we do, how's, how's your day? How, how, how's are, how day? are you doing? It's been a couple days. <laughs> I had to work three extra hours today on top of a school day. Mm. And then they say it's like in a, the three hours that we stay is an equivalent of a six-hour work day. Okay. That's what they say it is. I don't get what that means. Me neither. The math doesn't add up there. Well, hey. There it is. Hi, Angie. Love you. Hey, love Thank you, Thank you for liking and sharing. Good night. <laughs> good night, Love <Mom>. you. <laughs> hey, speaking of good nights. It's time for the news. For the news. Good news, everyone. <clears throat> First... Whoops. First story. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Via Box Office Mojo, Discussing Film, and Box Office Pro, a new one that we're adding. Maggie, are you about to sneeze? Yeah. There it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think ever since this pregnancy started, my sneezes have taken longer to happen. Oh, hey. No Either worries. they take longer to happen or they don't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my allergy's been acting up today, too. It's weird. I mean, the first time I've sneezed since this morning, so it's just like, really weird. You would think the fact that it's like 40-some degrees outside, that it would be like lettuce allergies. You yeah, know what the, I mean? It's the mold. Mold? Yeah. What kind of mold? From the leaves and stuff stacking on top of each other. 
Yeah. <laughs> Darian said, "Bless you." Thank you, Jeremy. Number Caitlin, one, Caitlin rigged the cakewalk. <laughs> she rigged it. I'm saying it live on air. Oh my god! Your sister rigged the cakewalk Friday. <laughs> I love that. Matt was a witness. I did see it. She won like four times. So, <laughs> just saying, just saying. It's a little sus. Viv didn't win once. And that's all I'm saying. Yeah, right. and your sister even told me that she did rig it for some people. <laughs> so. At number one, <laughs> new to the box office, Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, opened up with $96 million, uh domestic and $128 million total worldwide. $128 million, Maggie, for Taylor. Good job, Taylor. You did it. You did it, Swifties. I was trying to think of a funny, like a funny Taylor Swift song to sing, and I, I couldn't think of any. Like, I was going to go like... Uh, he was running out of his mind and then my daughter She did admit to rigging the cake while... <laughs> ah! God. And also, Jerry has got some mason jar facts for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the mason jar was named after John Landis Mason, an American tinsmith. She did not huh. rig it for my mom, though. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's what somebody who rigged it would one would say. Would say. Think about it. Hey, Maggie, <laughs> so back to Taylor Swift. Uh, Ninety-six million, one hundred twenty-eight million worldwide. One of the few films to get both one hundred percent critic, one hundred percent audience mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes, both of those, and an A plus rating on Cinema Score. Dang. Yeah, man. It's it's apparently perfect. Uh, the highest grossing concert film in history. Yeah. Surpassing the entire run, the entire gross. Okay, now this is this is not the highest opening. Yeah, this is the high already uh, the highest grossing. Yeah. Okay, it has made more in three days than, than any other movie concert movie in history. Okay, is, yeah, it beat Justin Bieber's "Never Say Never," the entire run of seventy-three million dollars, and she opened to ninety-six million. <laughs> Slaughter em. Will Beyonce's beat Taylor's? I kind of want it to. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting. Um, uh, let's see here. It has possibly tied with the Joker for the highest October opening in history at ninety six million. So uh, the numbers are still like being settled. Yeah. But like they they know that they're at ninety six million. So, like, give or take a couple hundred thousand, right? So, as of this recording or this live stream, uh, she's currently under the Joker by $300,000. But, I mean, that could easily change. change. Could easily change. Uh, Let's see here. Gold medal, gold medal, gold medal. (laughs) Sixth highest opening weekend box office of 2023 behind Maggie. Can you name the top five? Highest opening weekends of 2023. The top five movies. Barbie. Okay. Super Mario Brothers. There you go. That's the one and two. Okay. Uh, Oppenheimer. Nope. Nope. Okay. Whoops. <laughs> uh, let's see. Then it's, is Taylor Swift part of that one now? Uh, she's the sixth. The sixth. So you're naming okay. the, the top five. All right. Barbie. Super Mario Brothers. Mission Impossible. 
Oh, no, I'm not doing a hint. I know, but I'm I'm trying to think, and you're singing oh. it. So well, I'm trying to I'm trying to give like some spice for the audience, so that we're not just sitting here watching you think and shut and, up and you know, dead silence. Mission Impossible. No. God, man. Mm-hmm. What all did we watch? Sing a happy tune. The Guardians. The but okay, yeah, that's number uh, four. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, not Elemental. Not elemental. No, not elemental. Uh, it's actually it's much more obvious if you if you think it through. Not the flash. Stop and think it through. That's what I tell. Just think about it. My you'll you'll get students it. all the time. You'll get it if you think it, if you think it through. I'll give you twenty seconds. That was number five. Holy crap. So just one more. Barbie. Super Mario Brothers. Barbie. 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 Yep. So There's too much to think of. Number five, MN3 at 106 million. Guardians 2 at number four with 118 million. Into the Spider-Verse or across the Spider-Verse with another 118 million, but more than Guardians 2. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. I mean, because a couple. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Just tell me. <laughs> I just wanted to see. I was like, uh, looking down at Lucy like, oh, she's so adorable. And I look, I'm like, why is it still zoomed in? Uh, Super Mario Brothers movie then jumps us all the way up to 146 million opening weekend. And of course, Barbie, number one at 155 million opening weekend. Number one in our hearts. Number one in our hearts, number one in our, our purses. Yeah. Don't want your piss. Um, Pete. Pete. I'm just Pete. Anywhere else (laughs) I'd be a three. (laughs) Saturday Night Live. Shout out. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, At number two. That part I liked. It was fun. They they didn't even change Kennergy. (laughs) Like, it literally just says, can you feel the Kennergy? It said energy. I heard Kennergy. Oh, that's your brain. But either way, it's still, like, they didn't even try. Like you're going to take it from energy to energy. energy. Matt, what'd you expect? It's SNL. I don't know. They Fucking finally talent. Is that too much? They size? finally hired animators. Barely. Barely. They they used Flipnote Studio on the DSI. <laughs> At number right. two, dropping from the number one spot, The Exorcist Believer. Whoop whoop. Uh, added another 11 million, oh. bringing its total to 44.9 million and 84.9 million worldwide. A 58.5% drop since its opening weekend, which was last week. Yeah. Those those uh, believers, they get you every time. I know. They get you. Number three, dropping from number two Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie. No, how the adding... mighty have fallen. <laughs> meow, meow. Uh, <laughs> added another seven million 
uh, bringing its domestic total of $49.8 million, worldwide gross $126.3 million. Jesus, fucking dogs. Uh, Don't be dissing them dogs. The fact that this is going to be the highest grossing dog movie of 2023 is insane. What about Strays? Okay. <laughs> I laughed when I walked past the Blu-rays. It's all Strays. It's all Strays. It's fun. Uh, number four, dropping from number three, Saw X. Added an additional $5.7 million, bringing its domestic to $41.4 million, worldwide to $71.3 million. Iron sharpens iron. And number five, <laughs> dropping from number four, uh, the creator, hey, still in the still top five, in there. adding an additional $4.3 million, bringing its domestic total to $32.4, and its worldwide gross to $79 million. Again, it is the uh, budget of $80 million. So it's, it's uh, even if it hits eighty, it's still not considered oh, I know, a success. I know. Um. So yeah. <sighs> number six, staying in the number six slot. Mm. So it did not move. Oh, no. A haunting in Venice. Okay. Two million dollars. I was saying, oh no, for a different. <laughs> yeah, that, for a different that'll show up. Uh, a haunting in Venice added two million dollars, bringing its domestic to thirty-eight point nine, and its worldwide gross to one hundred and six million. Woo! Number seven, staying in the number seven slot. The Nun 2. Okay, not, not what I thought it was. Okay. With $1.6 million. Oh, no. <laughs> bringing its domestic to $83.7 million and worldwide to $257.2 million. Yeah. And, uh, Hit them European Catholics. This, this, is what, <laughs> this is what you need to do. You need to keep the nun in mind. Keep the nun in mind. Just keep the nun in mind for when we get into headlines. Okay, just keep okay. the nun in mind. And number eight. Is there going to be a third? Dro- no. But maybe there were the people that worked on the nine are working on another project. Okay. That has to do with whoop, whoop. 90s Disney. And oh, statues. She's so pitiful. I love Matthew. how you're just not even paying attention to anything. I'm just saying. doing something 90s in the afternoon. Yes, Disney. Whoop, 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 whoop. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Uh, number eight. Drawing from the number five slot. The Blonde. I was waiting for those two words. Uh, so drop three spots, added an additional $1.3 million, bringing its domestic total and worldwide total to $13.9 million. Wait. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, I was just it's keeping, not open worldwide. It's not open worldwide. Yeah. That's just... I mean, that's probably... I mean, maybe it did. <laughs> I mean, it just didn't add anything. Wouldn't be the first time. Uh, at nine, number nine, staying in the same spot... The Equalizer 3 added an additional $960,000. Denzel! Bring its domestic total of $90.5 million, worldwide gross $176.6 million. And closing us out in the top 10, number 10, dropping from the number 8 slot, Dumb Money, adding Aww. an additional $920,000. I was kind of hoping it's keep on coasting. Yeah. You know? With... Uh, Domestic gross of twelve point six million, worldwide gross of fourteen point eight million dollars. So, I mean, that's probably honestly, that's probably fine. Yeah, considering like its budget, I'm sure wasn't too high. And then, still keeping track of this one, number fourteen up from the number fifteen slot, Oppenheimer added an additional three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars this weekend, uh, bringing its gross up to uh, domestic three hundred twenty-three point seven million. And it's worldwide gross to nine hundred and forty-two million dollars. It's it's hanging around. 
hanging around. Somebody's somebody's buying tickets. Once once it listen once it's like once it's dead, we'll stop talking about it. All right, it's not dead, but it might hit a billion. It just, and I I don't want us to not it be just there. won't die. It's like when what was his name Walter Cronkite was uh, filming all the. Uh, uh, stories in advance in case the president died while he's on vacation. That's what we're doing. If Oppenheimer hits a billion, we're gonna have been there. We'll be the ones to break that news. Okay, just like Reagan dying. Um, via box office pro, the Marvels <laughs> is long range tracking to open to the opening weekend of. 50 million to 75 million dollars domestically. Pre sales tickets are currently 69% behind the pace of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and 42% behind Eternals. <laughs> it's like, it, it's a shame, honestly. Like, I feel like this movie is, is going to be DOA, and it's not fair because it, I bet it'll be good, honestly. Like I really think the Marvels looks good. It makes me sad. Yeah, we're finally getting, you know, like a group, a team of girls. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm with you with some cool powers. Uh, first Marvel movie to be directed by a black woman. So I mean, there's that. So you got all these anti woke agenda fucks out there, like oh, oh women. But they can't be superheroes. Oh man, oh me boss. Oh me boss. Oh change my mind. Change my mind. Thank you, Jerry. Um, um, I mean, I, I won't <laughs> turn them out. <laughs> I got, I got nuts hanging off the back of my truck. I'm, I'm making yeah. fun of those people. Yeah, you are. That's what I'm saying. It's like, listen. Yeah, you cut your balls off what? and cast them in the <laughs> I mean, that's probably what some of them do. I'm just saying. Here's the thing, all right? No. Women are awesome. And like, you should be happy that there's a woman that could beat the shit out of you. Because that's hot. Better Why do you think I married her? You better be happy. One of the Marvels is like a nuclear weapon. I mean, I think it looks good. I think it looks funny. And like, I don't think it's just because of like the anti-woke people. I think there is like... I think people are tired. People are... People have been talking some shit. And yeah. I, I think the pa the past few Marvel projects hasn't really like left people in Ooh, high hopes. And on. You know? Yeah. Uh, especially when you consider Secret Invasion was directly leading into this. Yes. And that wasn't that great. So. No. But we got more Marvel stuff to talk about here in a bit. So, Maggie, uh, any thoughts on the box office? Buy tickets to the Marvels. <laughs> that's, that's your thoughts <laughs> that's on the box office? That's my threat. <laughs> or what, Maggie? We already bought our tickets. Yeah, we did. Already so. showed our support. That's right. Bitches. Using our A-list stubs. So, I mean, technically, we already had those tickets. So, I don't know if that really counts towards, like, a sales for their tickets. You let me down, Matt. 
Well, you, what the fuck you want me to do? <laughs> Spend money on additional tickets? Why do you think we didn't go watch Taylor Swift? I know. I'm joking. It counts, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't know how all that works. But you know what? I do know what works. What? Story number two. <gasps> That's right, everybody. Via Variety, we got a... Are you okay? Sorry, guys. Um, where I'm pregnant, <laughs> I'm getting kicked in various places. I'm sorry. <laughs> just <laughs> catches me off guard. That's it's all. okay. You so okay? If, you, if you see weird expressions on my face, uh, uh, not because of him. Although, I mean, that could be a, that, that could, could be, be one of the reasons That could why. be both, actually. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's why. <laughs> He's kicking you in there. I'm kicking your spirit out here. <laughs> Uh, spirit float up into the air via variety <laughs> we've got some dcu updates all right now uh, let me ask maggie in the chat do we want to cover the gossip all right now this is strictly like actors getting irritated with other actors uh, and like story like that i don't like it's about amber heard Wow. All right, here we go. <laughs> Amber Heard was nearly fired from Aquaman 2. Following Aquaman's release in 2018, the studio and one, James, James one, yeah. uh, decided to drop the actress from the sequel due to her lack of chemistry with Momoa and yeah. sent a letter to her attorney informing him of its decision. However, ultimately, the studio never pulled the trigger on firing Heard because her former boyfriend, Elon Musk, had one of his litigators send a scorched earth letter to Warner Brothers threatening to burn the house down if the actress wasn't brought back for a sequel. Well, that explains a lot about her behavior, who she's been dating. So. <laughs> okay, let's not go there. I will. Uh, I mean, it's, you're, not, you're not wrong, but let's not go there. Um, let's go there. Now, all of this teed up the the rest of these updates here. So none of the stars that were cast by Zack Snyder for 2016's Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice and 2017's Justice League, including Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Ezra Miller, and Jason Momoa, none of them will reprise their roles in the new DC Universe in character. Nope. So there's not. Uh, Momoa, however, <laughs> may return... But just not as Aquaman. Sources say the actor has engaged in talks to play Lobo. The bounty hunter. Either in the 2025 reboot Superman Legacy, uh, written and directed by Gunn, or in a standalone film. Give him his own film. I mean, you probably, you probably, you probably could do or a, a standalone. No, it'd be, it'd need to be a movie. Uh, you don't want to. I mean, they could get, they could do a Lobo show, but. That's a lot, because, like, I mean, if they do it practical, that's a lot of makeup to set through for, like, oh, yeah. nine episodes. Now, if it's if it's a movie, I mean, if they do it CG, then, I mean, the budget would have to be cut down to be a complete CG character the whole yeah. time. Uh, which I think, you know, you just put makeup on him. I think he'd look fine. Um, I don't think there's much you'd have to, like, sculpt on him much. Yeah. I think Lobo, in my opinion, Lobo works better as a supporting character, because he can be... Uh, just like he can, he can just come in, say his ridiculous crap, pull some ridiculous crap, and then get out. And like, it doesn't have to mess with the rest of no. the story. You know, He's you don't like have to work about like character kinda, growth kinda or anything. Like punchline. 
Mm. Kind of like, uh, kinda. Trying to think. I don't know. I've got nothing. Um, so he's a cooler bounty hunter than Craven. Craven's not a bounty hunter. He's a hunter, though. Yeah, he's a hunter. He's not a bounty hunter. That's, that's a different thing. Dog's the bounty hunter. Boba Fett is a bounty hunter. Dog. All right. Hey, man. You want to you want to get saved? <laughs> Jesus fucking loves you. That's what he would do. That's what he would I do. I know he would. The few times I got the anyway, word it, My mom loved Dog. <laughs> she did. She did. Um. Anyway, I I would watch a Lobo movie. I do think watching Lobo show up and stuff would be more fun to begin with and then spur him off into his own. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if spur is the right word there, but we'll use it. Um, But, I mean, obviously, I think think Jason Momoa 100% fits the part of of, uh, Lobo. I could see him with the red contacts and black hair, gray skin. Yeah. All black leather. Riding on a space motorcycle. And, and like... (laughs) Spock studs. Yeah. yeah, he'll be great. I could see him kick yeah. the shit out of Superman. Yeah. Like that'd be fun. Uh, some of oh, what, 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 what? Because this last one's a doozy. So what? <laughs> no, I just thought of him. Like, <laughs> what was it he said on Justice League? Oh God, dorks. No, not not dorks. It's SNL. <laughs> Are you talking about Aquaman? Yeah, dressed like a bat. No, I can dig nope, it. Nope, not that one. My man. That one. <laughs> you could say that's a Superman. <laughs> wow. Was it worth it, Maggie? Was it worth it, Maggie? Let me work it. It's down there. You missed a spot. Ah. All right. All what's right. The, what's the big news? However, some. On the lot, are convinced, convinced that another company, most likely Universal, will buy Warner Brothers within two years, making recent DC subplots and upheavals feel quaint. Huh? Universal <sighs> buying Warner Brothers? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. That's really weird. I think here's what you do: you you fat you fat the calf. Fatten the calf. Fatten, not fat the calf. God. You fat the calf. Fatten. All right, and then you start divvying it out. All right, carve out like, oh, here's here's DC. All right, here's Warner Brothers. Oh, here's your HGTV. <laughs> here's your CNN. <laughs> and like, basically, I think here's Zazlov's plan, okay? You, you bring them all like the most profitable that they've been, which they're not. He's <laughs> already failing at his plan, but that's the goal, right? And then you say, hey, I, I don't need all this shit. Tell you what. Universal, you want to get in the combat game? Guess what? Here you go. You already have Harry Potter in your parks. And now you can have the Harry Potter movies also. Look at that. 
oh, what's that? Oh, you want you want uh, some Batman while you're at it? Well, here you go. That's Zaslav talking to Universal. All right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I think I I could see this happening. I don't think that that means he buys like Universal buys all of Warner Brothers uh, Discovery. Yeah, I think like they carve out the specific Warner Brothers pictures. Yeah. Now, does that include like? The HBO stuff, I ha- I have no idea when you start getting into the minutia, and like how would that affect like um, the Penguin show, yeah, which is being produced by HBO but is yeah. obviously a Warner Brothers property. Like you know, is this going to put it in a state of fucking limbo or yeah. something? Even though it'll be tied to the Batman, which would then be owned by Universal, but then produced or financed by HBO if HBO is not included in the cell. Like you know what I mean? <sighs> Oh gosh! Oh gosh! It's like Maggie. No. Amazon owns Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay, we're not getting back into that. What What do you think about that, though? What do you think about Universal owning Warner Brothers? That'd be insane. Yeah, it would. I'm just like thinking back, you know, whenever like 50s, 60s, you know, like those were like head to head, you know, Warner Brothers. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Universal and all those other studios. I mean, Back to the Future two and three, and Batman came out in the same year. Yeah, or maybe and not like, two and three. How big of a deal it was to have that competition back then. Yeah, and who all was running it back then, and like now it's like, hey yo, Universal's gonna buy Warner Brothers. Here's the thing: Universal would then have Jurassic Park, yeah, Back to the Future, Fast and Furious. DC Comics, Transformers, Harry Potter. They don't have Transformers. That's Paramount. Then why is there a Transformers ride? Because they bought the theme park rides for the for the property, Maggie. That's something that they do. Well, if they buy, it's kind of like how Scooby Doo was at was at uh, uh, Universal. No, Paramount. No, I mean yes, but like they were at. Fuck. Carowinds. Yeah, that's Paramount. And that's then, a Paramount And then all, park. all the... Well, but then they lost the licensing. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Paramount was like, oh, well, we'll sell yeah. it somewhere else. Yeah. Scooby-Doo's Warner Brothers. Yeah, but I'm saying Carowinds was part of when Paramount had their hands in the theme park business. It was part of Carowinds and... But they were licensing it. <gasps> they no. didn't... They, no, it's not... No, no. It's not like Disney World, where like Disney owns the theme park. Yeah. It's like... Oh, they had their hands. They didn't have their hands in it. They, the the they had Carowinds had their hands up their ass. (laughs) And they licensed the characters out, like how Harry Potter is at Universal right now. They licensed the characters out. Okay. Or like Marvel is at Universal. Okay. Which those are not real. That's not. Yeah, that's right. They're not real. It's fake Marvel. Have you seen that fucking Green Goblin? Fucking have bullshit. Seen, have you seen that Spider-Man? Have you seen his dick? <laughs> if I could, I'd pull up that picture. Talk about a radioactive bug bot. All That's right, Maggie. A mosquito. Would it, last question here. Would it be good or bad? I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, Zaslav... Would not have his hands on any of this anymore. 
And it seems, it seems that Universal, at the very least, is still interested in making movies. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you compare them to, like, Comcast and... Yeah. Uh, you know. I mean, well, they are Comcast. They are Comcast. And, like, Peacock and all that. Yeah. I mean, they have parks. I mean, it would be cool to see, like, somewhat of a rival to Disney as far as, like, IP and parks and stuff. Like, yeah. if they move themselves in the correct way, they could be, like the the Sega, like if we're talking nineties, oh, no. they'd be like the Sega to Disney's Nintendo, yeah. like they could be the cool kids, you know. Which they are getting Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, that, well, there you go. They got Nintendo Land, and think about it. Now you go to the the islands, you know, the Adventure Park or whatever the hell the new one. Islands of Adventure. No, 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 the new one, the new one. The uh, it's like the one? realms or something. Oh yeah, and like they could have. Gotham, oh, God. you know they could have get, West Westbro. Get rid of the comp newspaper comic book land. They can have Westbro. <laughs> no Westbros. What the fuck is that? That Game of Thrones. They can have Game of Thrones. They can have a Space Jam. Holy crap! You could have a Minions Looney Tune crossover. It's true. Think about it. I mean, think about There's... the animation division that could exist if you put Illumination with Warner Brothers Animation. And, like, we would actually, like, they want to make cartoons. Yeah. You know? Warner Brothers not I mean, interested in making cartoons no. anymore. No, they're not. It's Holy sad. fuck, Maggie. The Iron Giant. The yes. Iron Giant. Yes. Could exist. Yes. As, like, a walk-around character. Oh, God. That'd be terrifying. Kind of like this train. And it's Vin Diesel. It's already Vin Diesel. There'd be a man in Superman. Come on. I always forget. You know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Universal buying Warner Brothers. Good idea. I know. I know. Listen, I know corporate mergers are bullshit and like capitalism. A lot of people are going to lose their job and it's a bunch of horse shit. Right. Like I get that. Believe me. Uh, but I feel like Zaslav's gonna either piecemeal this bitch or dive it into the fucking ground, alright? Yeah. So, I mean, at least somebody will have a hold of it maybe be able to do something with it. And I, they could probably keep James Gunn. I bet James Gunn will still stick around. Are you leaving? Say goodnight. So long. Farewell. Goodnight, Lucy. Alright. Next story. Bless you. Via the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, I did a TikTok about this earlier this week. Yes. Uh, Daredevil hits the reset button as Marvel overhauls its TV business. So this one's a little bit of a walk. So everybody just uh, hold on to your bungholes. Launch during the pandemic with a playbook. What was that? I said hold on into your your bungholes. (laughs) I'm glad we stopped It did. Launched during the pandemic with a playbook to shoot $150 million plus seasons with no pilots, the Disney unit is undergoing growing pains and seeing the logic of traditional TV culture. Marvel quietly let go of Daredevil head writers Chris Ord and Matt Corman and also released the directors for the remainder of the season of Daredevil. As part of a significant creative reboot for the series, the studio is now on the hunt for new writers and directors for the project. Sources say that Corman and Ord crafted a legal procedural that did not resemble the Netflix version known for its action and violence. Uh, Cox. 
Charlie Cox. That's a, I was trying to think of his name. Uh, Charlie Cox didn't even show up in costume until the fourth episode. Marvel, after greenlining the concept, found itself needing to rethink the original intention of the show. Marvel plans to keep some scenes and episodes through other serialized elements will be injected, with Corman and Ord becoming executive producers on the two-season series. Vincent D'Onofrio spoke about this, uh, about them releasing the writers and directors, and said, quote, We're going to bring forward the best series we can. Every cool project I've been involved with has evolved constantly during pre-production production, and post-production. It's simply a bunch of creatives doing their best to get it right. I wouldn't have it for any other way. Frankly, I'd be worried if we were settling for less. It's got a point. Yeah. We'll pause right here because this is where it shifts into more Marvel stuff uh, as opposed to just focused on Daredevil. Uh, mate, how do you feel about this? I mean, I thought at first it sounded a little bit crazy. Yeah. Like just reading. That they're scrapping the entire yeah, like, <laughs> season that they're shot. Like, huh? We're wasting more money, guys. <laughs> But now that you said all that, I yeah. mean, even Vincent D'Onofrio is even saying, you know, hey, this could be even better yeah. or more awesome. And I mean, I'd be I'd be pissed if it was like uh, if like Daredevil was getting canceled, if they were just like, nah, well, you know, what? let's just not do the show at all. Like that would be terrible. Yeah. But the fact that they're seeing it, it's not the quality that they're wanting. And so they're redoing it four episodes in. I mean, that's good. Yeah. That's what you want, you know? Like, I mean, does it suck that the people that wrote and directed it are, and put you know, their hard yeah. organ time like, that money sucks. And, stuff and honestly, that is a failure on Marvel not realizing from the get-go that they weren't getting what they were wanting yeah. out of it, you know? Um, but, I mean, so that, that part of the situation sucks. But as far as, like, just the Daredevil show being good, excuse me, uh, I think it's good. I think that's that's the right thing to do, you know, otherwise it would suck, yeah. you know. And, like, I'm not so much worried about, like, him not being in the suit for the first four episodes. Like, I, that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it would bother me if it was just not good, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, like, a procedural, like a courtroom procedural would probably be good. Yeah. Would it be a, a good Marvel show? I, I don't know about all that. Maybe, you yeah. know, I'd be open to, to that. But also... I just want Charlie Cox's Daredevil. That's the main thing. We got Charlie Cox apparently over the weekend dressed up as Bluey. Yes, we did. And it was beautiful. Apparently he had already spoken into the universe. That he wanted to cosplay as Bluey. (laughs) Hire Charlie Cox for the Bluey movie. Whatever, Whatever. whenever that's going to be. Let him be the Keanu Reeves to Bluey Spongebob. All right. Yeah. All right. So this goes on to say. Marvel has made 50 hours of TV programming since January 2021. 50 hours. They have eschewed the traditional TV-making model. It didn't commission pilots, but instead shot entire $150 million-plus seasons of TV on the fly. It didn't hire showrunners, but instead depended on film executives to run its series. And, as Marvel does for its movies, it relied on post-production and reshoots to fix what wasn't working. Marvel series have recently faced a number of creative challenges and cries of diminishing returns from critics and audience metrics causing a major shift at the studio to move the to make the tv shows more the more traditional way as it moves forward marvel is making concrete changes in how it makes tv and now has plans to hire showrunners would you imagine that 
It is also uh, revamping its development processor processes. Showrunners will now write pilots and show bottles, which means they're going to think it through. Hallelujah. Uh, the days of Marvel shooting an entire series from She-Hulk to Secret Invasion and looking at what's working and what's not are done. The studio plans on leaning into an, and the idea of multi, multi-season serialized TV, stepping away from the limited series format that has defined it. Marvel wants to create shows that run several seasons where characters can take time to develop relationships with the audience rather than feeling as they are as if they are only there as a setup for a big crossover event. About time. We want people to watch the shows because they love the characters. It should work, he says, beyond the fact that it ties into another project or if they're going to be in a movie or if it's setting up an Avenger film. And lastly, this is the last piece of Marvel news, uh, via the watch pod, Marvel is looking at using Avengers Secret Wars to soft reboot the MCU. We have a quote from Kevin Feige sort of implying as much. All right. Thoughts? Wait, hadn't you said it could have been a reboot, Secret Wars? And I think also Eric Voss, a bunch of other people. I mean, that's I think that's been pretty much the consensus that Secret Wars would be a good spot to to kind of wipe the slate. Yeah. Um, now I don't know if it's going to be, I don't, I don't think it's going to be like a hard, hard reboot. No, 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 no. Um, but I, I think it'll be kind of like what Secret Invasion or Secret Wars did in the 2016 Secret Invasion, yeah. uh, where like it basically took all the, the stuff from the ultimate universe that they liked, Miles Morales, and just kind of merged it into the MCU that we all know. Yeah. And then like just kind of started from there like building up stories and stuff, but like some of the continuity was still around. Some of it wasn't, yeah. I think it'll be a little bit more clear cut than that. Uh, but I, I don't think we're looking at an entire, like, you know, Oh, here's Iron Man one again. Yeah. You know, I don't think we're going to be doing anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I do think we could get a new Tony Stark and we could get a new Captain America. Um, and I could see like mutants being injected into the MCU and like them having always been there. And so, as we're watching the movies past uh, Secret of Secret of uh, Secret Wars, Wars, yeah, uh, <laughs> there's too many secrets. Nice. Uh, I could see after Secret Wars, like it's almost like we're figuring out the continuity as we're watching the movies, mm-hmm. um, and they don't really define it until they have to define it. Yeah, kind of like Star Wars, you know, where it's like, uh, like a what's his name bring bringing. Uh, Thrawn back mm-hmm. from like the expanded universe and even though technically he was in a different time I want to say than like when he showed up in Rebels um, which I guess now in Ahsoka he's in the right spot as far as like where he was originally mm-hmm. um, but like you know he, like they're taking that and making it a part of it and like we didn't know Thrawn was continuity until they made him continuity Yeah. so I feel like that's kind of the thing like for all intents and purposes you can watch this as if it's a sequel to everything that we've seen, but you know, they could also say something that contradicts what we've seen. And that would just imply the new status quo of the Marvel universe. Uh, like if Tony Stark is alive or, um, and not even like this just in Tony Stark is alive more like, Hey, I got to run over to Tony's real quick, you know? And like just a throwaway line. Like I could see him doing that as opposed to like just a hard reboot. I got to go to little Tony's. (laughs) <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, but as far as everything else, any other thoughts? 
Uh, Showrunners and all that. I think. Sorry. Hey, you're on. <laughs> My back's hurting. Um, I'm really glad that they've woke up. Yeah. And smelled the coffee at the TV division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because all I did not know that they were going into it like that. It does explain That's, a lot, doesn't it? God, that sounds awful. Like a movie's one thing, you know. Yeah. But like a TV show, I'm going to reshoot. Especially and all that stuff. when it awful. needs to be serialized, you know. Yeah. Like that's just a bad. That's a bad idea. Now I will say I'd be remiss to not bring this up. Apparently, in the strike, the new things that uh, that they accepted, um, that one of the things was having a showrunner and having like depending on how many episodes there are in a show depends on how many like writers you have to have in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like it could also be not yeah. so much as them realizing it as much as they they're being forced to. to. Yeah. <laughs> but I think <laughs> honestly, I think it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I think they realize there was an issue and that this is probably the way to solve it, <laughs> but they also are uh, legally obligated to do that as well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's kind of like an alcoholic who like you know, they, they, they went to jail for drinking and driving and like they got out and they're like, I'm not going to drink and drive anymore. Yeah. But like, like, which is good because yeah. they know like, oh, I, you know, that's bad. I shouldn't do that. Yeah. But like, they also legally can't drink and drive anymore. You know, yeah. I mean, like, that's what Marvel's doing. They're drunk drivers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> any, any other uh, thoughts on this? All right. You ready to get in the headlines? Uh, yes. Headlines, everybody. So, right off the bat. Scuttlebutt. Nice. Uh, Right off the bat, we got some new release dates for you coming out this week. On Friday, Spider Man 2 for the PS5 and Super Mario Wonder for the Nintendo Switch will both be out on Friday, October 20th, 2023. Which one Matt will play? Man, honestly, that's hard. That is a hard. Hard choice. Man. I would say... What's up with Nintendo, like, launching some main title games on the same day as <laughs> some of these other well, games? I'm trying to think of the other one. There's another one. No, with not, not Doom. Tears of the Kingdom. Well, Doom yeah. Doom, and uh, Animal, Animal Crossing, Crossing, they did but, launch on the same but day. But that wasn't so much, like, you know, uh, it was more funny. Nintendo don't give a shit, man. No, they don't. They're, they're going to come it? out when they want. Was it Tears of the Kingdom and something else? There was something else that came out. I can't remember what it was, but there was something else. Honestly, I think it'll depend on Viv. Like, I think <laughs> Viv will be, like, when we first get home on Friday, Viv will still be awake and stuff. And, like, if we do decide to play anything, I think it'll be Mario. Now, once she goes to bed and, like, I can actually focus on the game, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, Maggie's going to stretch out on the couch and fall asleep. Fall asleep while Matt plays it. Matt's going to stay up till way too late. Yeah. <laughs> and then and be then, like, I don't want to go to Sam's. <laughs> the next yeah, I'll be like, uh, yeah, you are. <laughs> but see, what sucks is then we got uh, flowers, Killer of the Flower Moon on Saturday. And like, that's three and a half hours of just the movie. That like that I'm not gonna get to play Spider Man, which means that's a solid five hours of just oh, no Spider Man. No, poor. I know, man. Poor it's hard, baby Matt. It's hard. It's hard out here for a player. Poor, poor baby Matt. Via the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. Gary Doberman. 
Gary Oldman. And James Wan's Atomic Monster, best known for their collaborations on the hit Annabelle horror movies, yes. have teamed up to remake the 1990s cartoon Gargoyles as a live-action series for <laughs> Disney+. Plus. Doberman wrote Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, and Annabelle Comes Home, <laughs> which were produced by Atomic Monster and are an yeah. integral part of one's The Conjuring Universe, the highest grossing horror franchise of all time. He also penned the Conjuring spinoff, The Nun. That's it. Maggie. Wow. You are the, the Gargoyles fan here. Wow. How are you feeling? Guys, that was just like a funny like rumor like months ago. Yeah. It was the it's Kenneth Eric, Kenneth, Kenneth Brown. Yeah. <laughs> He was going to direct the live action Gargoyles yeah. movie, but now we're actually getting, what, a show? A live action series for Disney+. Plus. What? Now, I will say, they did also do another live action series for a now defunct streaming network titled DC Universe. Yeah. It was called Swamp Thing. Oh. They did that. Didn't some people like that? I can't Pro- remember. I mean, probably. Some people like everything. Oh, no. yeah. And it lasted all of like five episodes oh, no. before it got fucking <laughs> shit canned. Uh, uh. Oh, he's going to sneeze everybody here in just a second. Oh, wah, 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 it went away. I hate pregnancy sneezes. That sucks. Um, wow. So that means they're going to kind of make it. Well, I mean. It was not as dark as Batman the Animated Series back in the 90s. Yeah. But it still had that serious tone to it. And, like, they fought and stuff. It was in the same atmosphere. Yeah. Same area. Yeah. And, like... I think that's your microphone. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And the remote. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... I don't know. Just... (laughs) It just cracks me up because, like, you, I remember as a cartoon, you know, and, like, you didn't see blood or anything. Mm, yeah. You saw him fighting, like, scratching at people and stuff because they yeah. had big old claws and stuff. Yeah. And swooping down and picking up people. But, like, seeing that live action, that's going to be scary. Do you think they'll bring uh, Jason Alexander back? Oh, he was in the Hunchback of Notre Dame, honey. That's uh, different. This is that's different. Gargoyles. He was a gargoyle. No, he wasn't. This not, is Disney's not. gargoyles. <sighs> we do. Is this Disney's gargoyles? Is it? Hunchback of Notre Dame. No, was that's in not the, the question, Maggie. Afternoon, Matt. That's not the question, Maggie. And yes, it Disney was. There was a Hunchback of Notre Dame cartoon series. That's awful, Maggie. <laughs> is this Disney's gargoyles? Yes or no? Yes or no? What they're doing? Yes or no? Is this Disney? What they're doing? Do I need to show you pictures? No, I need you to answer yes or no. I need to show you pictures. I'm reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. Is this Disney's gargoyles? Yes or no? Do you need pictures? Yes or no? You you're saying Maggie James Wan? I'm just asking. Is this Disney's gargoyles? Yes or no? It is, but it doesn't include okay. Jason Alexander's Did gargoyle. Did Jason from... Alexander no. play a gargoyle in a Disney movie? Yes or no? Yes, he did. All that right, has nothing and I to rest do with my it. case. Has nothing to do I rest with my it. Case. Has nothing to do with it. Rest my case. Has nothing to do with it. 
That's for me. No, it's not. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Big phone. All right. Are you excited for this? Yes, I am. Next story. I should be this excited. <laughs> I mean, do you want to say anything you're hoping for? I don't know. I just hope. And I don't think it'll. Uh, think it'll be like Percy Jackson. I never watched that. <laughs> I know. I didn't either. But I mean, like, you know what Percy Jackson is. I mean, you know. You know. Could have been the next Harry Potter. It's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it could have been. And it wasn't. There's a reason. So, allegedly, <laughs> they actually had this in the works um, <laughs> long, long ago, back in, like, 2010. Yeah. Um, alongside another movie. <laughs> uh, and they were like, oh, we'll do, we'll develop these at the same time. This one will go first. And then, you know, depending on that, we'll tweak this. You know, and the the second one being Gargoyles. First one being the Sorcerer's Apprentice. And it fucking bombed. Bombs. So they were like, ah, never mind. It bombed. <laughs> so you could have had this thir- 13 years ago, man. Justin Long and Nicolas Cage. I'm a Sorcerer's Apprentice. No. <laughs> a, B, C, D, <laughs> he E, F, G, he was A, J, J, K, he was O, L, M, O, P. He was the sorcerer. Yes. And it wasn't Justin Long. It was that that kid. That was uh, Stephen Carp from from uh, Undeclared. <laughs> I mean, it is Stephen Carp. That's terrible. <laughs> that's a terrible way to reference him. All right. Anything else you want to say? No. Be a disgusting film. Matthew Vaughn. Wait, <gasps> don't skip me. No, okay. Matthew Vaughn plans to reboot Kick Ass next year. <laughs> says the kick-ass reboot has none of the characters from the other kick-ass films we'd like to bring them back after the reboot though this reboot is just going off on a tangent god matthew <laughs> so like i don't know if that means like it's like a shared kick-ass universe or if he means like well, we want to bring them back and do like a kick-ass three or if he means like he wants like Kick-Ass and Hit-Girl to show up in oh, the reboot Kick-Ass 2. You know what I mean? <sighs> yeah. Now, there was there was a, a secondary Kick-Ass comic book that, like, started over. And, like, it was, um, it was like, a, a young black girl as Kick-Ass. Yeah. And, like, it was kind of cool. I, I don't think I actually read it. But I remember, like, seeing the pictures and stuff. I mean, like... Yeah. I'm confused. It was just called like Kick Ass. It wasn't called Kick Ass Two or anything. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Do we need Do we need a reboot of Kick Ass? Who can say? You know, Pr- I probably not. But I mean, I don't know. We get everything rebooted. So I mean, uh, I feel like I feel like I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to talk bad about getting a reboot of Kick-Ass. It's only a matter of time before just literally everything gets a reboot. But, I don't know. I'm not excited for it. I'm not either. We I just watched it for the first time, what, a month ago? Yeah. And it was fun. Like, yeah. it, was, it was still funny. Like, well, I do want to rewatch the second one. I haven't watched it since theaters. Uh, but I didn't like it. <laughs> but I want to give it another go just in case it was me more than the movie yeah. itself, you know? Um but yeah. Yeah. Any any uh hopes for the reboot? I don't know what I would hope for. So. Yeah, no, right. If it's just the same story, it's, yeah, it's it feels pointless. Yeah. So I mean hopefully they change it enough. 
Uh, and he's also working on another Kingsman movie. Of course. Via people. People? Like a group of people? No, like the... Like people like, like outside? Pe- like People Magazine, I guess? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Henry Selleck. Tom Selleck's son? Says it might be more interesting to do a Nightmare Before Christmas prequel than a sequel. Says there might be a more interesting story there about how Jack became the king of Halloween Town. Is the name of the town Halloween Town? Yeah. And Christmas is so, Christmas Town. Wait, wait, wait. So wait. Is Halloween Town the Disney Channel original movie the same Halloween Town from Nightmare Before Christmas? I'm not answering any more of your questions mate, like that, Matt. Is Halloween Town a Disney movie? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, it's not, right? Like they're not supposed to be the same, right? No, they're not supposed to be the same. Have you seen Halloween Town? Once, and I never really could get into it. Wow. And I knew people that were obsessed You with didn't it. like Marnie? <laughs> I'll tell you, the only person I liked that was Debbie Reynolds, the grandma. I remember she had a bag that like, she'd like, whistle out and acted like a little dog. I don't know. I remember the, the, the boy with the glasses and just being like, God, fuck this little kid, man. God. Yeah. God. I mean, I was like 12. Maybe. No, nah, nah, I was probably like nine. Um, I was more of a Xenon guy. Or, well, child, still. Again, I was like, none. Hey, Maggie. Hey, Matt. Via Apple. Yeah. Phil Lord and Chris Miller's The After Party has been canceled by oh! Apple TV Plus after two seasons. <sighs> Let me rest in peace. Let me rest in peace. Let me get some sleep. Let me take my loving Mary and hold six foot deep. I can lay my body down, but I can't find that sweet release. Let me rest in peace. Oh, so you're not staying then? Uh, I mean, honestly, second season wasn't that great. Like, the first season, they nailed it the first season, mm-hmm. you know. And, like, the second season, they didn't really have anything else to say. Like, they did all they needed to do. I would have rather have seen, like, this idea, uh, like, this premise kind of go into, like, a whole different thing, you know? Like, the, mm-hmm. the telling stories uh, from different points of view mm-hmm. uh, in, in different film styles. I would have rather have seen that, like, almost like what Flanagan does. With like House on or Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, Midnight Mass, like all of these are like similar, but they're all very much standalone. Um, I would have rather seen something like that for the after party. Okay. Via Rotten Tomatoes, Killers of the Flower Moon debuted with a 98% rating out of 80 reviews, uh, and it will have the biggest opening of Martin Scorsese's career, not money wise, but career. No, like. Uh, amount of theaters it's opening in the largest oh. opening for him uh, with 3,500 theaters wow. yeah that's a lot it's a big one and it's an R-rated movie and it's three and a half hours long so I mean like the fact that they're giving it 3,500 theaters and it'll be streaming on Apple TV Plus at some point yeah like it's just wild I mean good good for him it. good job via Best Buy 
Best Buy plans to stop selling physical media, such as 4K Blu-rays and DVDs, possibly as soon as the end of Q1 2024. Goodbye to you. Goodbye to all the things that I knew. <laughs> you are the one that I used to collect. One thing that I tried to hold on to. I just want to know where am I going to get all my Disney still books now? Amazon. Fine. Via All Grown Up Psych Podcast with Tim Buick. I swear <laughs> to God, this is what? real. <laughs> I promise. I promise I'm not like having a stroke right now. Like, uh, I thought I was. No, I thought it was me, not you. <laughs> okay, Maggie. There's a podcast, allegedly. I don't know. I mean, I, I pulled it up on YouTube. It's called All Grown Up Psych. Right? Like, psych, gotcha. I'm not all grown up. Right? So it's All Grown Up Psych. And it's hosted by Tin, T-E-N-N, like, like short for Tennessee, Ten. Buick. Tin Buick. B-U-I-C-K. Okay. Via... All grown up, psych Please podcast with Tan Buick. Jim Jenkins reveals Doug? a Doug? Doug sequel series is in the early works at Disney Plus. No, and the series would focus on the kids of no Doug do and Patty Mayonnaise. Ah, uh, no, he Patty or the ketchup on my fries. He's... Patty or the you need to tell me Doug scored that piece of ours. Doug, dear journal, I got a boner today. <laughs> dear journal, Patty and I got married so and I, I finally lost my virginity. Do you think it's like, so is her name Patty Funny? Boo. Aww, boo. Patty, be I empowered and keep your last name. If Doug, if this happens, I hope that they are a divorced couple. All right. And like Doug Jr. and fucking Patty Pat I have to have to like split time. Yancey. You know? His name's gonna be Yancey, I bet. Oh my god. Surely it wouldn't be. I Yancey mean it'll be funny. Here's the thing. It's gonna his name's gonna be Doug. Right? Like I mean that's that's what they're gonna do. So they can still no, call no, it no, Doug. No, 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 no. Like it says it's about the kids, but is it really about the adults? No. It's going to be about... I want old Doug to just walk It's going to be about Doug Jr. Stay off the grass! It's going to be about Doug Jr. But everybody's just going to call him Doug. Because that way they can still just name the show Doug. And it's just Doug. Okay? God. It's just Doug. Again. But now Doug is also Doug's dad. <laughs> All right? And like, and like they'll go to grandpa's. And Doug will talk to his aunt Judy yeah. and Dirtbike or Cleopatra. Yeah, I say they call her Cleo at this point. I think. And like I would say, here's my guess. Okay, like this is just me pitching Doug's Junior. All right, we're gonna call it Doug Junior. The show's only gonna be called Doug. I just I want to be very clear about that. The Doug sequel will be called Doug. Yeah. All right. I have no doubt that that's gonna be what it is. It'll be about Doug. 
the son of Doug and Patty. Maybe they have another kid. I don't know. Uh, I think there will also be a pork chop junior. I don't know exactly what that'll be, how that'll work. I don't know, but there it is. Um, I mean, did didn't pork chop knock up a poodle or something or in no. love with a dog? Maybe it'll be like Roger's cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's clots. I do think. Vice, uh, Vice Principal Klotz. That's what I was going to throw out. Vice. I think Roger Klotz will be the principal or vice principal of Doug's school. Doug Jr. I know. Doug's school. I know. Another, no, I know another twist. Okay. Doug Jr. and Roger Klotz's boy or daughter are best friends. Uh, close. Roger Klotz's daughter will be... Doug Jr.'s patty mayonnaise. Oh, no. Yeah. Skeeter. And, Skeeter and will have twins. He'll be, uh, or she'll be from a, a divorced family. And she has to split time. She's been gone. All right. She's been living with her mom. Yeah. Okay. But now she's coming to Bluffington. Uh, this will be the first time Doug Jr.'s ever, has ever met her, not knowing she's a Klotz, right? Yeah. And then, like, he's going to be, like, like, oh, you know, like, floating in the yeah. hearts and, da, 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 you know, yeah. and then uh, um, he's going to, like, leave a note for her, right? And then, like, what are you doing here, funny? Principal Klotz, you know, and he's like, you're in big trouble. And then he goes, and then he's like, so you like Miss Blah, Blah, Blah. No, 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 sir. <laughs> well, I'll have you know, funny, that she's my daughter. What? Yeah. So you better watch your P's and Q's. Let me tell you. Like he's gonna be like like their other vice principal, fucking yeah. Butt Savage Bones. or whatever his name. Bones, yeah. And then we'll get you know every once in a while they'll probably be like Iron Quell, you know. Or I mean, it's Iron Man, but it's the Quell Man version, you know. Uh, I do think Skeeter will probably have kids. Probably Skeeter and BB, if I had to guess. I kind of hope it's Skeeter BB and they have a gazillion kids. I could see that. And I could see, like, it just being Skeeter, yeah. if I'm being honest. You know, maybe maybe it's twins. Maybe it's Skeeter and BB. Uh, you know, they're best friends with Doug Jr. Doug, you know. Yeah. Um, Chalky could be, like, the coach of the the high school, and, like, maybe Doug Jr.'s trying to get on the football team for an episode or something, you know, he could do something like that. Uh, I look for Patty to be uh, a teacher, because her dad was a teacher, too, wasn't he? Like, I, I mean, saying. I feel like... I know he homeschooled her, he but, homeschooled, like, yeah. but I feel like that was his job job, though. Like, could he be. did that on the side. I just, I don't know if there's enough space... For Roger to be the principal and Patty to be the oh, teacher, yeah. that's the that's my only thing. I mean, maybe right. it could happen, you know. Um, I could see Patty being the new mayor, like she was the vice mayor under yeah. uh, Mrs. Dink. Uh, and I do think that uh, Mr. Dink will still be around, but he'll be like he'll have all these like he'll be like eighty. Right, and he'll have like that chair from Wild Wild West that the spider guy had. <laughs> no, don't do that to Dink. Don't do that to him. 
Men's um, lived a good life. Don't do that to I him. I think Pork Chop will still be on the show. And they'll pull like a spike in all grown up where he's just really <laughs> fucking old. Like he's really old, you know? And like there'll be another puppy or whatever. And like that's 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 Doug Jr.'s pork chomp, right? And like we'll get callbacks to the original series, you know, like yeah. they'll go to Funky Town and uh, you know, I stuff like that. I, <laughs> Funky Town sucks, Dad. <laughs> I don't know what you was talking about. Uh they'll reopen the honker burger. That'll be back. Ver, Vernon, but that's going to be for all the old people to hang up at. Ver, no, 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 Maggie. Listen, you're, no, you're thinking, Maggie, people. you're thinking too, too dimensionally. Okay. You got to open your mind. Too right? millennially. Here's the thing, Maggie. They're not updating the show. All right. The show is still going to just be Doug. All right. They're going to keep as many things the same as possible, but like with new people so that it, it's, it's, it's a throwback more than it's just using the same thing. Right. But it will literally just be the same show. Like he's going to go to Bluffington middle school, uh, maybe even BB middle school if they want to go into new Doug. Right. Uh, there'll be a Honker Burger, even though Honker Burger was sold out and became Shea Honk or whatever. They'll bring back the original Honker Burger. The Beatles will have, or the Beats will have a reunion, right? And like, like they'll be decrepit by then. Yeah, and like there'll be jokes, and like Doug will be like, "Oh, that we, me and your mom used to love dancing to the Beats. <laughs> you remember that, Patty? Oh, Doug. Oh, Doug. You know." And like, you know, they'll go to Christmas and they'll be at like the original Doug house and like his mom and dad will be there and it'll, you know, and that's where Judy and Dirtbike will be popping in. I could see Dirtbike being a, a part, of, like a big part of the show, like uh, like a cool Uncle Jesse top, you know, or or uh, uh, Mr. Feeney, you know, like just the cool part. Maybe Mr. Feeney doesn't really fit that bill, but like living next door. Like I could just see like that being. Are you trying to get my attention? No. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. No, uh, I'm sorry. But yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. I think that's what you do with the Doug Junior Doug show. Uh, yeah. That's it. Any other thoughts about Doug? Doug was Yancey funny. Do we get Junior? Do we get? any dual imaginations where like Doug oh and Doug Jr. imagine something together. <laughs> you I need hope, I hope not. You need Race Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they get back the original voice of Doug to play the voice of old Doug? What? Uh Tom Kenny? No, 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 no. Billy West? It's, it's Fry. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Billy West. Oh, okay, yeah. Think they get him back? If Disney can put out the money, which well, I, mean, I mean they're they already for Hulu. Put, yeah, they yeah. they're already paying him for Hulu because that was the problem with Nickelodeon. They couldn't, where Billy West just took off as a voice actor back yeah. then, uh, because I think Doug was his first gig, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe didn't he? He also did Ren and Stimpy, didn't he? Which both of those launched at the same, same time. time. But like whenever his career took off. After so long, Nickelodeon couldn't keep up with paying him. Yeah. So that's why 
you know, that whole thing, the Doug show disappeared. And new then, Doug. And new Doug happened because Disney could pay. I want Skunky Beaumont to be like the guidance counselor. Either the guidance counselor or the English teacher. Whoa. Like, That's a... Doug Jr., bro. Hey. You're like, just like your dad. <laughs> You're just like your dad. Just gotta. And he's gonna wear a green, oh, well. green shirt, khaki shorts. I don't know. Flip flops. I don't know what is. No, I mean, I'm talking about Doug Jr. Uh. I don't know if it's a sweater vest. I wouldn't go that far, but I do think he's got to visually look like he's Doug. All right. I cannot stress this enough. It is literally just Doug, okay? Because we've seen what what they do when they try and make it work as like a sequel series, okay? It doesn't. You just have to do the same thing again. That's what you got to do. And that's what Disney's new new, new Doug can be called. Disney's new new, new, new Doug. Doug. I would be down for that. Disney's new right. new Doug. Or Disney's right. new Doug Plus. Or... Brand spanking new Doug plus. How about Disney's brand spanking new new Doug plus plus? I like but it. But like it's a plus and then plus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Square. I like it. Uh, <laughs> lastly, via the rap, Ryan Johnson says he's now working full force on Knives Out 3. I've got the premise. I've got the setting. I've got what the movie is in my head. In his head. Yeah. Knives out three. Hey. Uh, what That's was his a, name? Benoit Blanc. Uh, Jesus, you scared me. Benoit yes. Blanc here. Ben Benoit. Now I said it's like a donut hole with another donut inside the hole. I say, I say, I say, I sit on you. Foghorn <laughs> Leghorn. Now Clarkery. No, wait. Anything else you want to say about that before we get into the main topic? No. My contact's like going. Oh, uh, I think I broke the thing. Uh oh. Oh, hello. Are we still. Can we still be heard? Uh, It just says rim shot. (laughs) So I don't know if it's still working. It's possible here in a minute that it's going to start making music just randomly. I don't know if it's still recording or not. It says it's got the red light on, so here it's we go. It's stuck on rim shot. I know, that's what I'm saying. So it'll either don't push anything. I've already pushed like five buttons. So <laughs> if it catches up to itself, we may hear like five things hit all at once, okay? It'll scare us. It's time for the main topic. <laughs> Fall of the House that's of Usher. Just hit Netflix over the weekend. And this is the new show from Mike Flanagan. If this is your first time watching one of these, we are currently doing non-spoilers. We mm-hmm. will go into the spoilers uh, during this review. Yeah. But when that happens, we will flash spoilers on the screen. Everything okay? Yeah. I was just like, I think I'm catching things out of the corner of my eye. Yeah. While I'm trying to fix up like my notes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like it's messing with me. But we'll put up this right here, spoilers. Yes. And then, uh, you know, we'll talk spoilers, and then we'll come back and uh, rank this alongside our other stuff. Yes. So, uh, we'll go ahead and get started here. Maggie, you are the biggest Edgar Allan Poe fan I've ever met in my life. <laughs> oh, my God. I wouldn't even call me a fan. I've, ne- I've never met anybody that even knew who Edgar Allan Poe was. Oh, okay. So, I once okay. worked with a guy whose last name was Poe. 
And Greg's friend's name is Poe. Okay. So that's, but that's it. That's it. So Maggie. And Poe's that you collect. How did you, yes. How did you feel about <laughs> Fall of the House of Usher? Um, I think, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I think it was a really good, uh, like, combination of everything that Edgar Allan Poe had written. Uh, a lot of things. A lot of poems, a lot of short stories. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. That he had written. I like how Flanagan kind of wove them all together to work. Yeah. Um, and also modernized it because I was reading through the spark notes of just the just the story of the fall of the House of Usher because yeah. I could only remember bits and pieces of it. And uh, I was just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> he... He let it be in the now yeah. because it would have, I don't know. I think it still would have been spooky in some ways and creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think it wouldn't have hit as hard as it did. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. But uh, I, I overall enjoyed it. I really liked it. Um, I'm with you. I don't know. It's not, it doesn't give you like. Does it give you the heebie? It didn't give me the heebie-jeebies like it did Hill House. Yeah, for sure. Like this is Hill definitely House, a tame show for you. Yeah, him. Hill House creeped me out. Yeah. <laughs> like I was, I was talking to somebody at work today, and I said that it's, it's kind of like uh, the show is almost like Final Destination, but not funny. Yeah. Or like it's, it's not scary. You know, Final Destination isn't scary. Because uh, it's so over the top, it's almost laughable, right? Uh, but this treats it very sincere, and it's still just fucking horrible things, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. But it's not, like, traumatizing, No, you know? Like, I didn't, like, you know, I didn't need to watch something nice to, like, you know, clear out the mood yeah. of, like, Midnight Mass or something, you know what I mean? Like, it's a really good show. I mean, honestly, it's maybe one of the best shows made like in general, yeah. you know, uh, it reminded me a lot of like succession, oddly enough. Yeah. Um, succession with a morbid spin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's, it was really good. Like I, I didn't expect it to be like a, like a crime drama, you know? Um, and I didn't expect it to be just what it was. I just, I wasn't, didn't really know what I was in for. And, uh, you know, once we started watching it, we finished it, obviously. Um, I like that it's a, a little on the ambiguous side mm -hmm. of things, which we'll talk more about in spoilers. Um, but it, it it not in like a not in like a irritating way. No, you know, like it's definitely. I think. I mean, well, I'll say it for spoilers. Um, but no, I loved it. Honestly, Flanagan never misses. It's it's insane how high quality his stuff is. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I mean, our our current ranking for Flanagan stuff is is Midnight Mass at number one, yeah. Hill House, House at number two, two. Um, I think Midnight Club, and then Bly Manor. Yeah. And like, just you know, all of those are just fantastic. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think Midnight Mass is maybe maybe a perfect show. Like, yeah. I I don't I can't think of literally anything, and that show has like stuck with me since we watched it. You yeah. know, and I mean, it's just so good. Yeah. And like even though I wouldn't say this show like hits that level, it's still I mean just 
just a perfectly made show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not one wasted moment. You know, and like when you're, especially when you're balancing, I mean, look at all these people on here. When you're balancing all these characters. Yeah. And like it can cut to any one of their stories at any time. And I'm never upset that it's jumping to anyone. Yeah. You know, I'm not like, oh man, I really want to stick with this one yeah. a little bit longer. Or, oh man, I'd really love to see how their story plays out. Like, yeah. no, I mean, I'm just watching them all, all at the exact same time. And I love every bit of it. Yeah. And like, I, there at no point am I like, oh, can we just kind of skip through this person's stuff? You know? Yeah. Um, And like, even though the show kind of begins in a spot that leaves you to think like, how could there be any kind of tension for the show? Yeah. Uh, it still does it very, very, very well. Um, it, it almost reminds me of, Lo- of Lost a little bit, where like it's it's like you're trying to figure out the mystery while you're watching it, you know. Um, but yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it yeah. for sure. Um, before we get into spoilers, is there anything you wanted to anything else you wanted to say? No. So I would say if you if you if you're okay with like R-rated stuff, because I mean it is visually there are some visuals in it that are yeah. I'm not just talking like sex and stuff. I mean like blood. you know some blood and stuff and also language. Yeah, and language for sure. I mean it's it's that comes with the territory. Though. Yeah, um, I mean I would say it's probably on par with like Midnight Mass as far as like just what that included as far as like sex and blood mm-hmm. and you know language and stuff. Um. So, I mean, if that didn't offend you or whatever, then, I mean, you know, uh, as long as you know what you're getting into and that seems fine by you, I think it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. Um, if you're on the fence because it's Edgar Allan Poe and you're afraid, like, oh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be quaint and it's going to be in, like, you know, 1800 style no. and stuff, like, don't sweat any of that. Like, it's it's nothing like that. It is very much modern. No. Um, like I said, it's very much like Succession. Yeah. Um, but totally different from a succession, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would definitely highly recommend the show. hundred yes. percent. Um, we'll definitely be coming back and adding it to our ranking for the fall of 2023. Um, but before we do that, we're going to talk a little bit about spoilers and talk about the, uh, references that happened and different things yeah. about, uh, how it ties into Edgar Allan Poe. So, that being said, let's get into spoilers. Well, I can't really do the... Spoilers. Here, how about I play this? This will be for spoilers. Alright, so we are in spoilers. Again, you do not want to be spoiled on this. No. So... Um, like I was saying, I find it, like, I think it's fun that it's a bit ambiguous, um, mainly with the main character, what's his name, Roderick? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whole, the whole show we're watching is from his recollection of the events, right? Yes. Um, so in a way, everything he's saying could be bullshit. Yeah. Not on purpose. No. I mean, they definitely give a reason for him to... <laughs> to you know not be all there um like i think he definitely believes what he's saying yeah but at the same time you could make the argument that well none of that happened though yeah and i i like that um i personally feel like it did like especially um 
you know the the guy that was sitting there with him the whole time august. um yeah august uh seeing like the crow or the raven at the end mm-hmm. um like i think it definitely alluded to the fact that this was real yeah um but i do like that it's it's ambiguous enough that it could also not be real yeah um but not in a way that pisses me off <laughs> you know yeah. um like i just like that there's that piece cuz yeah. he's kind of a um what's it called a uh, an unreliable uh narrator yeah. you know and so i i like that a lot um and i think the the jump scares while he's telling the story and stuff is are, are really yeah. cool um just some some fantastic stuff i think my favorite uh i think my favorite death if i'm being honest it's probably uh probably the guy that like like really tormented his wife and then like oh yeah he snorts the the not shade yeah and it's paralyzed and like the thing's the, just slicing the... him jeez man like i mean listen he deserved it like yeah, he, did. Ugh, he sucked and then like seeing that play out like I was I was happy that he was getting like the just the yeah. worst possible death, you know. Um like it, it honestly it kinda reminded me of uh Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, where it's like somebody's just awful and then they get their comeuppance, you know? And like even though it's nothing like the girl with the dragon tattoo, yeah. like it just reminded me of like like I had that feeling of like satisfaction of seeing someone that sucks get what's coming to yeah. them. Uh I had that same exact feeling in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um, did you, you've got something pulled up there. Did you want to? Yeah, I got the summary of just the short story of the fall of house. And like a lot of the things that you see and what they say is uh, he pulled from the story. Okay. But this is just a summary because the actual short story, um, my friend Jerry can vouch for me. We in seventh grade had to rewrite every paragraph in our own words. Oh, jeez. And so you had to plagiarize. That was your homework. No, 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 no. Like, I'm joking. I'm joking. I know, I know. No, I had to be put into today's English. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but like, uh, there's a narrator that approaches the house on a dull, dark, soundless day. And that was said at the beginning. Mm. Um, But it never says who the friend is. Okay. Even though they're the narrator. And of course, Roderick is gloomy and mysterious. Mm. And that the house itself, because remember when you see it, you're like, oh, God. Yeah. It's, uh, gl- let's see. Seems to have absorbed, absorbed an evil and diseased atmosphere from decaying trees and murky ponds around it. <laughs> he notes that although the house is decaying in places, individual stones are disintegrating. For example, the structure itself is fairly solid. And there's only a small crack from the roof to the ground in front of the building. Um, and that Roderick requested his company, that he is feeling physically and emotionally ill. And so his friends rush into him. But in this show's case, August is wanting to arrest him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which um, I, I thought was a great way to, to update it a little yeah. bit, you know. Uh, the narrator mentions that the Usher family, though an ancient clan, has never flourished, never had kids. Only one member of the Usher family has survived from generation to generation, thereby forming a direct line of descent without any outside branches. 
The Usher family has become so identified with its estate that the peasantry confuses the inhabitants with their home. Oh, wow. Um, he's, uh, Roderick is paler and less energetic than he once was. Uh, Roderick tells the narrator that he suffers from nerves and fear and that his senses are heightened. Um, also that Roderick seems afraid of his own house and Roderick's sister, Madeline, has taken ill with a mysterious sickness. Hmm. Uh, the loss of one's control of one's limbs. (laughs) Holy God. That those doctors couldn't reverse. Uh, but Madeline in this, she didn't have anything wrong with her. Yeah, yeah. So this is just interesting. Um, and his friend stays there for days trying to cheer him up. Nothing works. Um, and then Roderick says that he has a theory about the house itself is un- unhealthy. Madeline dies and Roderick decides to bury her temporarily in the tombs below the house. So that's where my brain was going. I was uh, like, oh, okay. God, <laughs> you're going to bury, you know, the mom. You're going to bury Madeline down there in oh, that God. house. That's where my brain was going because that's, ah. that's where all the crazy crap happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Roderick, he was afraid that the doctors would dig up Madeline's body for a scientific examination in which... They were digging up bodies. Fortunato was because yeah. of the drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the narrator helped put Madeline's body in the tomb. Uh, let's see. Oh, and that Roderick and Madeline were twins. Mm-hmm, okay. And let's see. Okay, I'm trying to remember. Oh, you're fun. I'm sorry. I'm trying to like really speed read. Yeah, you're fun. Okay. Roderick reveals that he has been hearing sounds for days and believes that they have buried Madeline alive and that she is trying to escape. Oh God! So when he did the mummification on her at the end, that's yeah. kind of a hint to that. Uh, okay. Um, and then let's see. He yells that he, she is standing behind the door. Okay. Uh, Madeline stands in white robes, bloodied from her struggle. She attacks Roderick as the life drains from her, and he dies of fear. Huh. Uh, narrator flees the house as he escapes. The entire house cracks along the break in the frame and crumbles to the ground. And I will say, the old, old black and white movie of this, they did not let that happen. And somehow a vortex formed. <laughs> In the ground. Because <laughs> yeah. we also had to watch the movie after we did the story and stuff. Uh, okay. And like, I was like, why? Why was this, <laughs> why was this vortex here? So whatever that, that, wherever August came out of the house, is like, okay, this is it. What are they, what are they going to do here? Yeah. No, they went with the original ending, which is fine. But also yeah. how they, how he weaved the poem, The Raven, into it. Yeah. And used all the different names from, yeah, everything. Because like I could not remember. I was like, was there kids involved in the fall of house of Usher? I can't remember this. And also, that story is written in 1839. That's crazy. And uh, Annabelle Lee. Uh, God, I can't think of the actor's name. Well, but... how about I've got a lot of stuff in reference 
to everything to do with like the names Ooh. and the episodes and stuff. So as we go through this, like stop me as we're kind of talking about it. Yeah. Um, if it like pops in your head and you can kind of give us more details or whatever. Okay. Uh, so let's get into Edgar Allan Poe references. Part of a bigger universe, you just don't know it yet. You become part of a bigger universe, you just don't know it yet. That's right, everybody. We're doing this, so, guys. We're going to do names first. So, Roderick uh, and Madeline Usher. Uh, the names come from the siblings in the fall of the House of Usher, tell about an eerie mansion. Verna, the character, is inspired by the Raven from Poe's narrative poem, The Raven. Not the not note that Verna's name is an anagram for the word Raven. Huh. Cool. August Dupin. The name comes from the amateur detective C. August Dupin in the stories The Murders in the Rue Rue Morgue, The Purloined Letter, and The Mystery of Marie Roguet. He also represents the famous narrator narrator of The Fall of the House of Usher. Uh-huh. Arthur Pym. Mark Hamill. Uh, the Usher family fixer was a with a very eventful backstory is named after the character of the novel The Narrative The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pilm of Nantucket. Wow. Frederick Usher, the name of the eldest Usher child, comes from Frederick Baron of Metzingenstein, uh, the cruel scion at the heart of Metzingerstein's Poe's first tale to be published. Morel, Maury Usher, Frederick's wife, gets her name from the scholarly title character of the story, Morella. Lenore Usher, the name that rhymes with Nevermore, comes from The Raven. Tamerlane Usher, the lifestyle influencer, gets her name from the poem Tamerlane, in which the title character is a warlord with a broken heart. Oh, William T. Wilson, Tamerlane, Tamerlane's fitness, a bill oh, built. Uh, fitness-loving husband gets his name from the story William Wilson. Victorine Lafourcade, Vic's full name, comes from the story The Premature Burial, a favorite topic of Poe's. Oh, yeah. Camille L. Espinagna. Uh, the Usher's ruthless PR head gets her name from the story The Murderers in the Rue Morgue. Napoleon Usher, the gaming influencer, gets his name from Napoleon blah, blah, blah. Uh, the young narrator of The Spectacles, who learns the hard way that he shouldn't be too vain to wear his glasses. <laughs> Prospero Perry Usher. This unfortunate club gets his name... Uh, unfortunate club kid gets his name from the story the mask of the red death and you'll see why annabelle lee roderick's first wife gets her name from the poem annabelle Annabelle lee Lee. and symbolizes the common theme of lost love in poe's work and so now we've got kind of a breakdown episode by episode they get less and less as we go Mm -hmm. because like most of the references you know uh so Episode 1 of Midnight Dreary. The episode title comes from the opening lines of The Raven, Once Upon a Midnight Dreary. The name of Usher's Fortune 500 company, Fortunato Pharmaceuticals, comes from the story The Cask of Amatillado. Longfellow, the name of, of the murdered CEO of Fortunato, is named after another poet during Poe's yeah. time. Eliza, yeah. Rhetoric, and Madeline's mother is named after Poe's mother. 
Her story of being buried alive is inspired by the premature burial. The name of the addictive drug Ligodone is derived from the short story Ligia. Uh, Victorine's story and death are inspired by the telltale heart, and the animal testing that she does on chimps ties back to the murders in the room morgue. Both Roderick and Madeline's Egyptian artifacts are referenced to the satirical story, Some Words with a Mummy. Hmm. Episode 2, The Mask of the Red Death. Perry's death by raining acid is based on the story The Mask of the Red Death, in which the party guests all die of a bleeding disease. Toby's character, name of the dialogue Toby Dammit, are from the story Never Bet the Devil Your Head, in which the character's name is Toby Dammit. In the 1979 timeline, the theme of being done in, by one's own hubris ties back to Metzengerstein. The series nods to uh, to it each time Roderick takes Dupin back to that time period. Rufus Griswold, a Fortunato exec, was named after Poe's nemesis, who wrote a scathing obituary for him under a pseudonym. The name of the chemist Metzer is a shortened version of Metzengerstein, the company name Landor Pharma is taken from Poe's story, Landor's Cottage. The idea behind Madeline's AI software comes from the modern version of death by entombment, which was a common occurrence in Poe's work. The idea being that your mind is uploaded to a cloud-like database, but your body is gone. Mm-hmm. The Grampus reference uh, references the boat in the narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket. Frederick's claustrophobia ties back to the character in The Pit and the Pendulum. Episode 3, Murder in the Rue Morgue. Camille's death by Primate is based on the murders in the Rue Morgue. In 1979, young Roderick recites the poem Annabelle Lee in dialogue. Verna's name tag as the security guard, Le Bon, is the name used in Rue Morgue. Uh, Episode 4, The Black Cat. Leo's death is based on the story, The Black Cat. Mm. Dr. Brevet is named after a character in The Man That Was Used Up. Episode 5, The Telltale Heart. Victorine's death by stabbing her own heart is inspired by the story, The Telltale Heart. The dialogue the preacher speaks at the funeral is composed of verses from Poe's poem, Spirits of the Dead. Episode 6, Goldbug. The Sapphire Eyes are inspired by some words with a mummy. Pym's backstory is inspired by the narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket. Tamerlane's story and death is based on the theme of mirror images in William Wilson. The name and logo of Tamerlane's company, Goldbug, uses the image from the story The Gold Bug. <laughs> the Pit and the Pendulum, Episode 7. Frederick's death by swinging blade is inspired by The Pit and the Pendulum. Roderick recites the poem Annabelle Lee to Dupin. Uh, Frederick's focus on Maury's smile and ripping out her teeth is inspired by the story Bernice. The poem Verna recites to Madeline at their at their confront at their confrontation is pose the city in the sea. Episode eight: The Raven. Gris's murder by brick wall is based on the cask of Amontillado. Tillado. After Lenore dies, the scene in which the Raven appears before Roderick in his estate is based on the Raven. The reveal of the text Roderick has been receiving that say versions of Nevermore are also tied to the poem. The mummification of Madeline is inspired by both Some Words with a Mummy as well as The Fall of the House of Usher. The Collapse of the House Deaths of Roderick and Madeline are based on The Fall of the House of Usher. And that is all we have. It's so weird, like, hearing all those titles, like, I know uh, I have had to read most of them. Yeah, yeah. Either 
throughout, you know, middle school or high school or in college. And it's so funny to me, like looking back where everybody's watching, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this happened, blah, 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 blah. And like, I could, uh, my brain just remembers them all being smushed together. Mm, yeah. So that's just, that's just really funny. Cause it made sense to me that Roderick would have kids. Yeah. But he didn't have kids at all in the actual right. story. Right. Him and Madeline were just all that they had. Yeah. So it's just it's just really funny to me that that's how I remember. I love that Flanagan like took the time to weave all of these things together. Yeah. You know, to to fit them uh, almost. It, it kind of reminds me, and this is a weird reference, but it almost reminds me of uh, Across the Universe. Yeah. Where like it wasn't just across the universe, but it was like all of these different Beatles songs yes. and stuff that all weave together to tell this one story. Like it kind of feels like that. Yeah. Um, but for Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. I yeah. loved it. Honestly, I thought it was so good. Poor guy. He, in real life, he did lose like the love of his life, I believe. And his mom did, uh, the way they talked about premature burial and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he just had a very depressing life, and he wrote about it. Well, no wonder. <laughs> man, think about it. If he'd been 1839 was rough times, man. Sure. Hey, get you some mental health, you know. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm being serious. Like, I know. It, it no, would be helpful. No, it would be helpful. Uh, nah, never mind. I was going to make a joke. I won't make a joke. Uh, so, now, let's get into our ranking for the fall of 2023. And we're out of spoilers. No more spoilers. I can't do the thing bum, 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 bum. So, um, <laughs> currently, we are going to add the fall of the House of Usher to our ranking for fall 2023. Uh, currently, the ranking is at number nine, Paw Patrol 2. Number eight, Haunting in Venice. Number seven, Love at First Sight. Number six, The Creator. Number five, No One Will Save You. Number four, The Nun 2. Number three, Ahsoka. Number two, The Exorcist Believer. And at number one, One Piece. Maggie. Oh, why? Where are we oh, putting Fall God. of the House of Usher? This is awful. You want me to start it? Yeah, you start it. Number oh, one. Oh, my God. Number one. Number one? It's not even a question. It's number one. Easily. Oh, man. I have Easily. a hard time. Easily it's number just, one. It's just my child heart. I get it. But one I mean, piece. like... But like this is I agree with you though. Probably going to be one of the best shows of the year. Yes. I, I mean, agree. If this doesn't make the top 10 of our like list of the year, I'll be shocked cuz I mean it's it's solid. It is a solid show. Number 1. Mm -hmm. I'm All sorry. Right. I would have talked but I had to yawn. No, you're fine. Here we go. We'll add it on here. All right. Your new number 1. The Fall of the House of Usher. Not that issue. All right, your new ranking: number one, The Fall of the House of Usher; number two, One Piece; number three, The Exorcist Believer; number four, Ahsoka; number five, The Nun; two, number six, No One Will Save You; number seven, The Creator; number eight, Love at First Sight; number nine, A Haunting in Venice; and number ten, Paw Patrol: The Mighty Movie. The first two movies on our personal list—not movies, shows or shows, Netflix shows. Yeah. Yeah. Is that crazy? Oh, you mean the the first two things yeah. on our list are both Netflix shows? Yeah, that is that's a bit wild, honestly. That doesn't I happen. Wouldn't have, I wouldn't have pegged that, yeah. you know, especially when you got like, you know, uh, like Star Wars and stuff on yeah. there. Yeah, it's, it's wild. I mean, I mean, Loki very... season two 
Yeah, we'll see where true. that lands. Yeah, um, but just to say that the fall of House of Usher and One Piece were done like beautifully, perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. both really, really well done. Yeah, honestly. Uh, and now we'll also add Fall of the House of Usher to our Flanagan list. So, of course, number one was Midnight Mass. Number two was Hill House. Number three was Midnight Club. Number four was uh, Bly Manor. Mm-hmm. So, Maggie, where do you want to put Fall of the House of Usher? I'm definitely, I think Midnight Mass is still number one. No, I'm, I'm not there with you. I want to say number three. That's honestly where I was thinking. Because I, think I really, because the Hill House was the first one we watched of anything of his. Yeah. And it's, and it's great. still to this day, just, I, I will think about the crooked neck woman. Oh, yeah. And like just the way they tell the family drama and stuff. Yeah. But also being absolutely terrifying. <laughs> you yes. Know? Um, and I like, I love Midnight Club, but I just think that this show is just a cut above the rest. Like it's, it is a pristine piece yeah. of, of art, you know? Yeah. Um, I still think Midnight Club is, or not Midnight Club, Midnight Mass is perfect. Yes. Um, but I would put I'd put this at number three also. I yeah. think it's I think it's really great. Three. So that is gonna wrap it up for us this week, everybody. Uh, we'll be back again next week with our review of Killers of the Flower Moon and maybe some other stuff. We'll see. Um, we'll also be back again tomorrow night with going back to Smallville. We'll be talking about season four, episode four, uh, dedicated. Sounds good. Oh, devoted. Devoted. There it is. <laughs> Um, and then we'll be back on Wednesday with uh, Super Nice Playback. What? Every time you like have noticed tonight that you shake your leg really yeah. hard, it's like shaking the camera. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I just uh, thought it'd help you no, out. There. You're um, then on uh, Wednesday, we'll be back with Super Nice Playback. And on Thursday, we'll be doing our watch along for Loki. Remember, if you'd like to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash hopefully awesome like these fine folks did. Or you can join us right here on youtube.com slash hopefully awesome. Become a member and support the channel. But that is going to wrap it up for us this time. Thanks for watching. And as always, have a hopefully awesome day. Bye. Never.